Hi, Brian. I just wanted to say that I love listening to the podcast. They're really interesting and informative and they encourage me to think on a much higher level. But it's done in a clear, concise way, in a fresh way. Just want to say thank you. Hello, my friend. I hope your day is going great. Welcome to the podcast. Brian Del Turco here. This is Jesus Smart, the podcast, episode 156. Here's what it's called. You ready? Grow up. You're not voting for prom king. Today, a special dialogue with J.C.L. Falto, a confabulation of discourse, (laughs) a riff, a royal riff. Well, I don't want to overstate it, you know, maybe I should set the bar low and then over, over uh, deliver. We're so concerned about politics and we should be concerned at some level about politics and we should engage the political process. Upstream from politics is culture. Upstream from culture is worldview. And further back upstream are belief systems and way back the headwaters of the river is the unseen spiritual realm. Can I encourage you with something? Good news, the gospel of the kingdom. Good news is not just good news about salvation, going to church and going to heaven. The actual term in the day, good news, gospel, it's translated as, was the proclamation of a coming royalty, the proclamation of the king, a new king, a new announcement of a new emperor or a new king on the throne. And so the gospel of the kingdom is the announcement of the ultimate king enthroned and an ultimate future which is coming. Repent for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the heavens has drawn near to you. You can begin to access it now and the fullness is on the way. And so when we engage culture and society, we have the opportunity as salt, light, leaven to influence and to point to, point to that kingdom, point to the completeness which is coming, including art, including government, including education, including business, commerce, all of it. You're wrong, my friend, (laughs) if you think that what's on the horizon with Jesus is an eternal church service, please, please, it's more than that. It's much more than that. And we can live now at a much higher level of cultural and societal influence in light of what's coming. And so today's confabulation with JCL Falto touches on some of these themes. I'm glad you've tuned into the podcast Can I mention ManifoldMinistries.com? This podcast is now part of a guild of content creators on ManifoldMinistries.com. The purveyor, Stephen Lauterbach, it's a new emerging platform, encourage you to check it out. Can I encourage you to go back and listen to episode 155, just the preceding episode, 155, America, Don't Drink the Kool-Aid, Do You Hear the Sound of an Awakening, Sean Foyt. My wife and I and one of our daughters just got back from Washington, D.C. this past weekend. Sean Foyt was on the mall leading worship to, they say, 35,000 people. And we did a lot of on-site prayer around the city with some friends. Sean Foyt is leading in open-air worship across the nation. 
And in that episode, episode 155, you'll hear some worship from their Sacramento, California worship experience and a very powerful prophetic decree, if I can say, from Pastor Samuel Rodriguez over the nation. We've just launched a new podcast called Wild Ox. Each episode highlights a fresh kingdom prayer dynamic, and then we activate a prayer edge in culture and society and the nations. Welcome to the Wild Ox Podcast. Tight episodes, 10 minutes or less. This is Brian Del Turco. Each episode highlights a fresh kingdom prayer dynamic, and then we activate a prayer edge in culture, society, and the nations. Psalm 92.10, my horn, a symbol of strength and warfare, you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. You can take these prayer dynamics and prayer edges right into your private prayer time, and you can spark prayer with others too. Untamed, strong prayers for our time. Pray with me. And so we already have five episodes up on Podbean. You can see these episodes at wildox.podbean.com. The latest, episode five, our authoritative standing in prayer. And then we pray for the American election. Episode number four is about the potential of a deep and clear repentance. Episode three, great joy being necessary for strong prayer for the nations. And episode two, praying for the exposure of evil. And episode one is a teaser episode. These episodes will be populating out to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and all of the main podcast channels that's coming. But right now, you can begin to see the episodes at wildox.podbean.com. Take a look. They're tight. We share a prayer dynamic, and then we pray on some prayer edge related to culture, society, and the nations, and we even get geopolitical. If you like it strong, you'll like this podcast. Hey, welcome, listener. I am so glad today to be on the line with JCL, Joshua Felto. How are you, JCL? How's your morning going so far? We're recording early in the morning. Great, Brian. Thanks for having me on, man. It's great to have you. And you have the uh, Narrative Wars podcast as well as the Writer's Lens. What's the skinny on Narrative Wars again? Narrative Wars engages the various uh, truth tellers that are out there. Uh, trying to sift through all the static. Uh, we have a lot of influencers out there, a lot of interpreters of things that happen. And so the narrative wars is really about where is the narrative happening and where's the truth lie in those. There's no need for that kind of pot podcast. That's not going to be successful, JCL. There's no there's no niche for that. There's no it's, it's irrelevant. Okay? You need to get off onto something else, okay? I don't know. Um, hey, listen, I got a question for you. Do you understand, do you realize that we're in a political season? Is, is that something that's you know, on your radar? I, you know what, Brian? I never would have thought that unless I was living under a rock and just woke up about two years, you know, from two years into this thing. <laughs> I never would have. <laughs> I think I think our cat is unaware of it, maybe. But, you know, uh, we are in a political season. And so we're just going to touch on a few points today. It's not about partisanship. It's not about any specific political party. It's more about worldview and how we think about these things. And the first question I'd like to ask you, and I know we're going to riff off of this, we're going to try to make this tight and and right <laughs> and efficient, but yeah. should a Christ follower 
engage politically? Because amazingly, I've become aware that there are some Christians who do not think so at all. Should we engage politically and how? Yeah, absolutely. And again, thanks for bringing me into this conversation because these are the things that excite me, Brian, as you know. So first of all, uh, you know, politics, if you wanted to just get down to the nitty gritty of it, the definition goes back to the Greek or politika, I believe is how you would pronounce it, which literally means affairs of the city. Uh, it's, uh, any kind of decision-making that happens in groups, power relations. I mean, as much as Christians would want to say they don't want to engage in politics, they're doing it every single day of their lives. They're engaged at their work. They're engaged with their family members. They're engaged with non-believers mm. who are, in, who are invested in these kinds of things, whether you want to admit that or not, you're engaging in it. And it's, it's not meant to be a shaming thing like, Oh, wait, you know, why don't you wake up to this reality? But rather just be informed of that. I mean, be aware of the fact that you are engaging in political things. I mean, I, uh, I, I think, uh, I think of the the way that people, whenever they're at jobs, you know, if you're familiar with this, when some, somebody might leave a job, you often hear people say, "Well, I didn't like the politics of that organization." Well, what are, what are, what do they mean by that? They don't like the business dealings of the people there, and they don't like the relationships that were formed or the power, you know, the power groups and everything like that. I mean, that's essentially what. Christians are speaking into, you know, when yes. we engage with them. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible really not to organize ourselves. It's been, you know, it's been called like the body politic. We have to organize ourselves and live together in some way, right? In a, in a, in a body politic and each nation and, you know, has a unique expression of that. And so, yes, I, I it's something that's unavoidable if we're going to spend any time on this planet, it seems, unless unless you're going to go to Alaska and just go off into the deep wilderness somewhere and, <laughs> you know, never see anybody somehow and <laughs> develop a su- sustainable lifestyle there somehow. But, you know, other than that, for, for, for the rest of us, billions and billions of people, it's impossible to avoid. Uh, and I don't think that God wants us to avoid it. You know, God mentions, uh, well, Paul, Paul speaking in Acts 17, 26 to 28, that God has appointed, you know, concerning nations, he says he has appointed times and boundaries for nations that men might seek him. I think the New American Standard translates it as grope for him. You know, we're like trying to mm-hmm. find God. Um, so God has appointed the times and boundaries of nations that men should seek him. And each nation has a special, a special glory. Right. What are what are your thoughts on Paul's uh, Paul's statement there? Well, I think he's he's just basically reiterating Jesus's last uh, bit of messaging at the end of Matthew. You know, Matthew twenty eight nineteen says to go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, you know, we are to go into all of these places and not be afraid of it. Obviously, I mean, I, I say that looking in the mirror, of course, <laughs> uh, but. But basically, we are supposed to be in all of these places. You know, we're, we're supposed to go to the ends of the earth, wherever the people are, uh, the disciples of Christ are supposed to be. You know, God is boundless. Uh, and to think that we have to stay out of those arenas uh, would not fit into the biblical uh, narrative whatsoever. He says to go and make disciples of all nations or all people groups, I think, in the Greek. And he also says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. What could he mean by that? What does that encompass, uh, JCL? To me, that would that would simply mean to exemplify all of his qualities and his traits. Those are attributes that will make a better, thriving, prosperous society in general. You know, when this there's this idea of altruism that comes in. I mean, I mean, God is the first one to have all these really good qualities, right? Like we we know that in our sin, we can't actually muster all of these best qualities on our own. Okay. So so when we are talking about how to influence 
culture, to influence the body politic, that's literally bringing God's goodness into every one of those situations, speaking into those situations. And so we're looking for those things. You know, we want to be beacons of, you know, light. We want to be, you know, we want to be like the salt of the earth. You know, we are the ones preserving good, should be. And so we want to be able to bring that into in any any realm that of influence that there might be, including politics. So you're saying that it starts with God's qualities, his nature, his traits, that he exists, that we've come from him. He has certain qualities and traits. He has a glory, of course, right? And he's created us in his image as image bearers. Do you think that like teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, do you think that this goes beyond the realm of church as we normally understand it? Does it go out into culture and society, into things like business or arts and entertainment, et cetera? Yeah, because I, I think that the the common misconception is that I only disciple when my disciple is in front of me. You know, when I when I have a known person in front of me that I am actively mentoring or, you know, I'm huddled up with three or four believers in my small group and and you know, we've carved out one day of the week where we're gonna study the word. I mean, that, that to me is, is very short-sighted. You know, every day that you're engaging in your workplace or, you know, even with family when you're going to the Thanksgiving dinners or wh- wherever we're going, yeah. you're engaging with people, activating those qualities of the spirit as, you know, as we are, edif- you know, as we are sanctified, as we are further and further trying to refine ourselves even more like Christ, those attributes ought to start shining forth. You know, those ought to start coming out of us. And it's not just... Again, it, it's not just about, you know, being super kind, you know, and there's a whole holistic approach here. Uh, and it's also, you know, as we always say, it's about transformation. So if we're transforming ourselves in the micro sense, we're going to have an outward display in the macro sense too, right? I mean, we're, there's going to be an explosion out in the macro as much as there is in the micro just by the way of each individual, you know, being discipled and changed. So, uh, you know, all those things are interwoven, Brian. I would like to think so, you know, and it all begins in the heart, you know, uh, I, I think in Proverbs 4, it says that all the issues of life flow out of the heart level. And then if we think about our, our significant relationships, if we're married or if we have children or if we don't, if we have close friends, either way, but it flows out of that into, it just gets wider, right, into the society at large. We should be salt and light. Jesus spoke of that. I had Dr. Julie Slattery on this podcast some months ago, well, quite a while ago now, and actually she she works, she's an expert in the area of human sexuality and equipping the church to deal with working in that space, human sexuality. And she had a phrase, uh, I don't know if it's original with her, but she said, the world system is out discipling the church on Mm. these issues. And that just, I'm going to carry that with me. You know, I just cannot get away from that. It seems that way, doesn't it? It does. I mean, and I think that's one of the great grievances of of many Christians who are actively involved in the culture, in politics, is that it feels like they're the minority of Christians. You know, like we, there are Christians that are very active in different spaces, different realms of influence, and are really dedicating a lot of energy in those areas. But you just kind of wonder with, it, you know, if the body of Christ were to just rise up in many different areas. And this isn't about like a, a takeover, right? This isn't a, a coup of theocracy or anything. No, no absolutely. You no, know, this is this is just speaking to the culture at large that is influencing things upstream from, you know, laws and government and society that, you know, that we've mentioned before. So, you know, there 
there really is a reality that, uh, you know, media and entertainment has a, has a leaning that's anti-God and glorifies things that would be, you know, not virtuous. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, look at the fastest, what was the fastest selling book many years ago? Uh, I think ever it was what 50 shades of gray, Okay, which I've, yeah. which I've never actually ever read. And I know I'm kind of riffing here again on worldview, but it was, a, it was a book about sexual domination over women. And meanwhile, we're in the midst, meanwhile, we're in the midst of a, uh, you know, a, a, a viewpoint in America that's trying to become more egalitarian. I mean, how on earth is that possible? Yeah, the Me Too. Me Too. You know emphasis, I mean? right? Yeah, both in society and in the church, really. There's been problems in the church on those issues. So the world system, I you know, I know they have all the major, It's it, it seems like they have dominance in major avenues of, of uh, thought formation, like, you know, like mainstream media or higher education or Hollywood. So, we're, you know, it seems that a lot of what we do in the church, and this may even play out at a personal level, is triage work versus playing the longer game, you know? It seems like a lot of what we do is like remedial instead of proactive, and, and we need to do triage work, but if we want to use the imagery of a battlefield, I mean, we we have to have a longer-term strategy to win the to win the war, frankly, you know, to compete yeah. uh, in these spaces, and... Um, it's a it's a challenge to the church now. Politics, you know, everyone talks about politics, especially every four years in America. And you can apply these principles to any time or culture, any context. But upstream from politics, we could say is culture, and upstream from culture is worldview, and even beyond that, belief systems which shape those worldviews. Uh, and there's even one further back, which we could touch on. But what do, what do you think about that? Everybody pays so much attention to politics, but we don't realize that politics are shaped by culture and worldview systems, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And our politics usually reveal our worldview and perhaps even what's driving us, Yes, you know, in a spiritual sense. Yeah. Belief systems. I don't know. It could be Christianity. It could be Islam. It could be secular humanism. It could be some kind of new age stuff or paganism or, uh, you know, Hinduism, Eastern uh, belief systems shape culture, which then, or, or shape worldviews, which then shape culture, which play out politically and, of course, play out in our lives personally. My point is that we got to get further upstream if we're going to play the longer game. Even in prayer, prayer can be triage. A lot of prayer is triage, you know, like David saying, help me God and do it quick. That's like a triage prayer. I don't, you know, whatever's <laughs> happening in his life, it's like, help me. I'm, I'm up against the wall. I'm playing from behind. My enemies are, after, you know, that's triage. But we also have to be able to pray like further back, pray about worldview, pray about culture, pray about, and, and even further back, the one we didn't mention yet is the unseen spiritual realm. So what about that? We know that there is a good part of that realm, God, angels, his saints on the earth and in heaven, the unseen. And then there's the the bad side of it, those who are opposed to God, demons. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, as a believer, we, you know, we have to be operating out of that understanding, right? Like we, we should know that being both physical and spiritual beings, there are influences that can be demonic. There are influences that can be more angelic, more from the Lord. Uh, but I think as like Americans specifically as Christians, when we talk about worldview and politics and everything else like that, it's so easy to get distracted and be at the very tail end of that stream. Right. Mm. Uh, and be 
arguing and reasoning with people only about the, the fleshly things, uh, the politics of this or the politics of that. And even though it is, a re- it is revealing what our worldview may be when we're arguing for those things, ultimately taking it to prayer and trying to speak in the nature of spiritual things is where the real influence is going to be exposed. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's where we need to be operating out of as Christians because we can't, I mean, I, I just think back in my own life before I was a believer, uh, I, people could reason with me all day long about a worldview that I didn't agree with. And it could be completely hundred percent true, Brian, but because I'm in my flesh, I, I don't have to say yes to anything, even if it is true. Right. I don't, I don't have to do any of those things. Maybe there was like a spiritual blindness. Yeah. There's a spirit. There's definitely a spiritual blindness there. And this even extends to, you know, some Christians and this is not to, you know, say that, you know, Oh, you're not saved, but rather there is an awareness that we should be honing in on uh, when it comes to dealing in these matters for sure. And the river keeps flowing. Amazingly, the election cycles keep coming. (laughs) And we put all this emphasis on the political, but we realize up, upstream, upriver are these larger things that keep feeding the river. And so we got to do the triage work in the moment, but I'm saying we got to get upstream. We got to start discipling on worldview and, and helping people to understand their, their belief system as a Christ follower, if we could put it that way. And also, yeah, how, you could even, yeah go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, you could even, you could also posit it very simply as, you know, where does your hope lie? I mean, I think a lot of folks, I was just talking about this with another friend of mine who's a, who's a um, you know, brother in Christ. And, you know, he, he brought something very poignant to my attention. He's, he said, you know, a lot of people probably don't in their day to day really think out their politics. They've heard a lot of talking points. They've agreed with certain things for X, Y, Z reason and really haven't reasoned them out or even searched themselves spiritually if that connects with what they really believe. Yes. So just really kind of hitting this idea of, well, do you hope in this? Do you hope that this is where things are headed? I mean, what is your horizon? You know, getting back to what you said about having a long-term thinking as a, as a kingdom member, where is our long-term goal here? And are we working towards that? What is our hope ultimately in Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to politics, when it comes to worldview and things like that? Mm. Uh, It can really kind of cut through a lot of the static pretty quickly instead of just trying to argue on the basis of, well, is it is the fetus alive or not? From my point of view, most people are challenged in that area, thinking in the macro, thinking at a worldview level, projecting ideas out into the future. Where are these ideas going to carry us? I mean, just what about this simple question again? Should a Christian engage politically? And that includes, we think, voting. We know it's voting. And other Christians can engage in other ways, too. They could be more actively involved. They could even run for office. There's a spectrum of political engagement. But should a Christ follower engage politically, mm. or should we just wait until we escape it all? Yeah, the the, the Christian escapism theology or philosophy, whatever you call it, is, is something that just drives me nuts, Brian, <laughs> if I can just speak I know. on that. I wanted to poke a little I mean. button there, get your adrenaline going <laughs> on, early in the morning. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you knew it. You knew you'd ping me with that one. Surge. I'll probably carry that to about 3 p.m. That's that's okay. <laughs> I, I probably will. <laughs> like, Brian brought that up on purpose. I knew it. <laughs> I mean, I, I again, we're not trying to advocate for theocracy or anything like that, but just to have uh, that kind of alternative. Yeah, that would be that would be amazing to have truth tellers and, and people that could 
speak, you know, light into the darkness in these, in these high places for us and, and be advocates for the lesser of these in these positions of influence. Absolutely. You know, so I, so this whole idea of disengaging from politics is just foolish. I think the, I think the fear for a lot of Christians is that it will become an idol, that it will ultimately become something else that we worship. And that of course is something that we have to take personally before the Lord and, and also be held accountable in our own communities. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to go the route of like worshiping some form of Christian nationalism or, you know, a political leader or a political party. I mean, God forbid we're bigger than that. We, we need to play bigger than that. We need to be more mature so that we can't fall into that. But uh, let's, let's, let's leave on this strong point about Jesus. He said, we're a city on a hill. He called us salt and light, you know, which preserves and influences and permeates. He referred to the kingdom as leaven, which grows and spreads and within it influences from within. Uh, we know that Christ is coming. We know that that city is coming. You know, Augustine talked about the city of God and the city of man. Jesus seemed mm. to say, you're a city within a city, or you're almost like a body politic, if we could put it that way, the ecclesia which amazingly, wait, that's another podcast, but amazingly, you know, he drew upon a secular Greco-Roman construct there and used it to say, say this is what I'm building. But, you know, you're, you're an ecclesia, a city within a city, a body politic, a kingdom body politic within the larger body politic, yeah. pointing to what's coming. Mm. That's my point. Pointing to what's coming, Jesus when he does come, when he sets up his kingdom in fullness on the earth, right? And we should yep. be living with that horizon in mind right now and spreading light, spreading salt, spreading leaven, and like pointing to that. This is what's coming. And here's something about what it looks like. It's not perfect. What we're, you know, our expression of it is, is but but here's here's some clues. Here's some breadcrumbs about what's 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 coming instead of just, well, I'm not going to vote. I'm turned off by personalities. I'm not going to engage. I'm just going to escape. Right. That, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And I, I am, I'm right there with you, Brian. I mean, I just think of the alternative. I mean, if you're disengaging, who's advancing? Oh, I mean, who's, someone's going to, someone's going to fill yeah. that space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, as always, I mean, are you just going to leave it up to chance that, oh, I just hope that person's a really nice atheist, you know, or something, you know what I mean? Or, or what, whatever their worldview may be, uh, that comes, you know, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing or something. I don't, you know, there's, there's all manner of things that that's like, so I, I just, I, I, me personally, I believe in, and, you know, I've, I've arrived at this and this may be the same way you have that, uh, you know, in reading my Bible, you know, and just understanding that, you know, all the verses we've mentioned here this morning, that there's a very clear edict that we're supposed to be preserving the good and advancing the kingdom, period. You know, and it doesn't matter what nation we are in, we are to be doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that we agree. I, th I think that we would say to you, uh, listening, that engage politically based on worldview that most closely resembles Christian or Jesus or kingdom worldview, right? It's not going to be perfect. You got to look beyond personality you know, look beyond, certainly look beyond a political party, right? Look beyond, you know, all the, all the crap. If I could say that on a Christian podcast, I guess I could say <laughs> crap. Uh, Jesus seemed to use extreme words, um, you know, that, that attends these things. But what is the, what kind of a, you know, think about the city you want your children to live in. 
Okay. Yes. So, 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 so what worldview or what, you know, what body of thought as you engage politically is most likely to take you to that preferred future moving forward? Right. Yep. Um, yep. I got to project out and think longer. I appreciate this JCL. Thank you for carving out some time early in the morning to do this. And I, you know, we talk about these worldview issues and <clears throat> I'm just thinking here that in our, in our podcast that we need to maybe, uh, I don't know how we organize it on our websites or tag it or, mm. you know, but episodes that deal with similar themes, like aggregate them on a certain page. You know what I mean? Like here's a set of podcasts that deal with worldview or here's a set of podcasts that deal with political engagement, something like that. And hey, hey JCL, I appreciate it. It continues. The stream it continues. Continue. <laughs> it does. <laughs> We're still yeah, on right. this earth, man. Jesus is coming, but it all is more, it it all continues, and we're we're in the mix, man. <laughs> Absolutely, are a lot of a lot of energy building towards uh, next week. Yeah, so we're we... recording this on October twenty eighth, so, or yes, October twenty eighth. So in America, the uh, the vote is uh, November three, twenty twenty. Uh, but we hope that these are principles that you could apply at any time. We think they're timeless, and you know you can contextualize them in a different political context. Yeah. A lot of momentum building. It's intensifying. It flows all around Halloween, which is another interesting dynamic spiritually that's going on. Good uh, point. Yeah, that's a yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's something else. I mean, can hey JCL? Can you imagine a new season that's post COVID, post intense political season? And <laughs> I don't know. Isn't it refreshing to even imagine it? I wow. Does. <laughs> It, it would be it would be fantastic to have a post-COVID, post-political crazy season, um, but that's not that's not the time we're in currently, unfortunately. Yeah, we gotta make hang in there. Yeah, all right. Okay, appreciate you, JCL. God bless you today. Thanks, Brian. You too, man. I hope you have found this enjoyable and stimulating. You can go to the show notes page for this episode at jesussmart.com slash promking slash promking. Would you share this with one or two or three or 12 of your friends? Of course you will. Share it with one, two or 12 of your friends. The best way to get the word out. They'll appreciate it. We appreciate it. And you will feel like you've done a good deed. To learn more about the podcast, go to JesusSmart.com. Jesus is brilliant. As we continue to walk with him, we are going to catch his brilliance, and you and I will begin to reflect his brilliance in unique ways. He knows how life works best. He knows how society works best. Talk soon.